Please, please, please! What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called now, and an activity called work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 lawyers over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them about what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My mission is to try to map out what my city, Leeds, a city that has declared a climate emergency, is doing during humanity's biggest emergency. On working hours, we hear how lawyers have, are, and will be coping with our multiple crises. The global pandemic, Brexit, and of course, the ongoing and accelerating collapsing of capitalism, the state, and the climate through this decade. To do this, I need people, people like you, dear listener. Most of all, I need people who are in Leeds or who are from Leeds to come on this show and be my guests. So please join me and help me with this mission whenever and however you can. Critically, I will need people like you, dear listener, as financial backers. Please consider supporting or donating to this project. You can do so with a £1 monthly donation via either Patreon or Ko-fi, or you could donate any one-off amount to Working Hours via either Ko-fi or through the LibrePay button on the About page of Western Studios' website. Thank you. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? I... We really want to be a teacher, I think, when I was growing up. So I think it's really easy um, to look at what's around me. So my mum's now a retired teacher, but I think that's what I wanted to be. And um, actually, I went and did a bit of experience in school and realised that it wasn't for me in the end. So I kind of went down that route, but decided it wasn't for me, but did do some work in education, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. So, mm. yeah. so why wasn't it for you? Was it the kids that put you off straight away or was it kind of like the additional yeah. homework that you had to do? I think it was really about the, I think to be a teacher, you've really got to, I guess, really throw yourself into it. My mum worked evenings, weekends, whenever she could, and she was really, really passionate about it. And I went and did 10 weeks work experience in, in school. And I just felt like Austin came in that time and the teachers really struggled. And it, was, it wasn't the kids, I actually really liked working with kids and I do workshops with kids now. But it was all that kind of, I guess that was that political side of things and what was on the background. Mm. But, and uh, yeah, it's it's a full time calling being a teacher, and I think you really need to be absolutely in love with being a teacher to do it. And I've got a few friends who teach them. Yeah, I still stand by that. You're listening to Series Three, Episode Twenty Eight, and to my guest Sophie Greenwood. This is another Zoom interview recorded on the eleventh of July, twenty twenty two. Hello, loves. Sophie Greenwood is a printmaker and the owner of a company called Ink and Bear that focuses on creative workshops, organising events and supporting other makers. Sophie has lived in Leeds since 2005 when she moved here to go to university, fell in love with the city and has been here ever since. Sophie runs creative workshops across Leeds. She strongly believes that anyone can benefit from getting creative and loves working with lots of different age groups to get them thinking creatively. Sophie is also the founder of Super Seconds Festival, a large online biannual event where 250 makers sell off their seconds, misprints and end-of-line stock at reduced prices. Sophie is mum to a one-year-old and recently took the leap to go self-employed after maternity leave and spending the past 10 years working in operations for a small social enterprise. 
She's recently launched a brand new service for small businesses called the Creative Incubator, which utilizes her love of planning to help other small businesses to structure and plan their creative ideas. You can find out more about Ink and Bear at www.inkandbear.co.uk, including information on the Creative Incubator. The quality varies on this recording, but your ear should adjust quickly. Now, please enjoy this episode of Working Hours with Sophie Greenwood. So what is it that you're doing now then? So I've actually recently gone fully self-employed. So I've been running a business called Inconverse for the last five years, and that's been doing printmaking and like screen printing and selling t-shirts and prints and that kind of thing. But in the last few, in the last year or so, I've really um, decided to take it seriously because I've been on maternity leave. And I liked my job before, but I realized I wanted to work for myself. So I now run creative workshops, so in printmaking and collage and journaling. And I also run online events for the makers. And I ever just launched a kind of small business sampling board for other creative businesses. Because my background is in operations and planning, um, which I'm sure will come on to. But yeah, that's um, what I'm doing now. So quite different um, to what I was doing before, which was a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of operations stuff for a small social enterprise. Mm. So how how did it come about and how did you decide that you wanted to sort of set up on your own? Was it, and what gave you the confidence to do that? Was that working at the social enterprise and just sort of being close to that and seeing how it operated? And then you were like, I can do this, I can do something. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was doing, so the reason I set up my business in the first place five years ago is because I was doing printmaking the evening classes and I just had piles and piles of prints and I either needed to stop or I needed to sell them. So I decided to go down the selling route. And then I've just been doing that for a few years and then just working. So my old job was head of operations for a social enterprise that gets businesses to go into schools. So works with big corporates around mm. and workshops for kids and, and still workshops for adults. Mm. And yeah, I just, I did enjoy that job, but I went off on maternity leave and just thought I, it's now or never. And I think when you put in that situation, I guess earning less than you would have been for a year, um, I was only on statutory maternity pay. So you get used to a certain level. I thought, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take the leap now. And having had the headspace, well, not really being on maternity leave, but having had the headspace towards the end of maternity leave, so I was up for 13 months to really think about it. I started to make the leap just eight weeks before I was due back. So yeah, about 12 weeks ago. Yeah, so were you setting up then while you were pregnant? Um, yeah, so I was doing bits while I was pregnant because I'm, that was in the kind of height of lockdown. I was doing quite a lot of stuff. I'd had a bit of a, I suppose, I guess to take it back in February 2019, I decided to go um, down to one day a week. Sorry, one day a week from five days a week. So I was, well, actually, I had a bit of a health scare the Christmas before and thought, right, I'm going to, I need to take this more seriously. Um, and just before lockdown happened, I, I'd already taken this decision to do my business one working day a week mm-hmm. and work in the office four days a week. So I'd already made that decision. And then, so I was working on that kind of during lockdown, whilst I was pregnant and then whilst I was on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of really ramped up in the last few months. You know, when anyone who's had a kid will know the first few months is a bit of a whirlwind. But yeah, the last few months of maternity leave, science. Okay, well, since we're on COVID, since we've touched on it already, let's go into the COVID question and sort of, I mean, I want you to 
kind of take us through your lockdown experience of like going into lockdown? Was it sort of you were prepared because I mean, I suppose if you've already had a health scare, you might've been on higher alert and kind of like, I need to get secreted away earlier than everyone else locks down. And then like in terms of work, was that more work or less work happening at the time? And, you know, was it work all the time or was it, you know, not much work at all? So take us through your, your lockdown experience. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a bit of a weird one because I'd already decided to have the extra day a week to work on my business. Mm-hmm. I felt like them being, I guess, being forced to be locked away, actually, it gave me more time to think mm-hmm. about my business. So um, I know some people have had some really horrible experiences with COVID, but for me, kind of having that experience and then and then getting pregnant, like, and then having to lock myself away a bit more because we had to at that point, it was advised that we didn't go out a lot <laughs> kind of mm. interact with people. It actually gave me more space to really think about growing my business. And so, yeah, that was that experience of it. And it actually gave me the idea that meant that I've actually been able to go self-employed. So I run something called Super Seconds Festival, which is an event for makers to sell their seconds and misprints and end of wine stock. And there's, um, I had 250 makers just about to run the fifth one in October. But there's no way I would have come up with that idea unless I wasn't doing stalls. Mm. So before lockdown, I was doing stalls, selling prints, selling just prints and cards at that point. And lockdown, I was just printing because I had time. But then I had piles of stuff building up that mm. was seconds. And I just thought, God, I bet other people have got this as well. I thought it would be me and like 10 others. And in the end, that first one, um, I just ran it for free just to see if there was an interest. And the 250 people who instead we're also locked away in our houses, struggling financially as independent small businesses. We really need that boost to be able to sell our stuff, our seconds and get to a market who um, appreciates. Because a lot of people offer up 75% off. So that's been really good. So I think my experience of lockdown was, obviously it's been difficult. It's been difficult for a lot of people. I really miss family, my friends, dad. But on the work side, personally, it was quite hard, but work side, it was it was good. It was a boost that I needed. It was also, I uh, had to re, I was kind of involved with restructuring the um, social enterprise that I, that I used to work for. And that was really hard having to speak to people I'd worked with for 10 years and having to let them go in that scenario and, and interview them and make those decisions. I found that incredibly hard, kind of personally and professionally. And that, I guess, was one of the things as well that made me start thinking, actually, I would quite like to work for myself. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, it is a big question because there's, there, it was a long period of time. I mean, it went on forever, didn't it? How much, how much was pregnancy kind of driving your decisions at that stage? I mean, in the middle of a pandemic, that all seems very like, well, I was just very rational with it. Like, I mean, with the isolation as well, I mean, you, you were obviously using that time to focus on something constructive, but yeah, did it feel was it nice to have that thing to throw yourself into and kind of like um, yeah. take away from any potential worry? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, no, I was on the, the kind of negative side of things. I was scared. You know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, pregnant women shouldn't catch COVID. It's incredibly detrimental mm. to the woman and the baby. Like it was, it was a really scary time and it meant lots of, you know, walks with my, my husband just around the local area and, but not really doing or seeing anybody else. So yeah. Yeah, no, it was a really, yeah, it was a difficult time. And I think having, I've always been someone who, yeah, having something to focus on has been helpful. So 
I just kind of threw myself into it. But I don't think, did any of us have a, a choice if we were, you had to just kind of get on with it, didn't you? And throw yourself into things, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, for some people that's throwing yourself onto, you know, the internet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And some people just have to get on with their jobs, going out every single yeah. day and, and being on the front line, which, you know, that's just incredibly difficult. And I just think it was a really odd period for all of us. Yeah. Well, it still is. I mean, it's still around, isn't it? It's just. But I suppose, okay. like, you know, I mean, in if you hadn't been pregnant, you would have potentially at the point where vaccines come along, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's fine now. But then well, being yes, pregnant, you're pregnant. kind of like, oh, well, what does that mean now? Yeah, so pregnant women couldn't get, so the point I was, the point I was going into hospital to, well, the birth and C-section, I knew the day I was going in, it was only a week before, or two weeks before the pregnant women were allowed vaccines. And at that point, I needed to isolate for 10 days before my C-section anyway, so. There would have been literally no point. So yeah, I didn't even have that option to have a way up. But yeah, I think it's yeah, I was just pleased that I was just lucky that I wasn't someone who would have to go out. You know, because they're working from good. Mm. Yeah, I'm just kind of, like it's difficult, isn't it? I don't even know what to say about that. It's hard. Those people had a really difficult time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but I mean it was diff like, you know, the discussions that I've had about it through this. I mean, you know, even if you were just sat at home not doing anything, that was that's hard enough in its its own ways. So yeah, it, it it's a crazy time, but you know, it's all crazy all the time now. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've been from my um, I found my community in that sense. So you know, I know you know through kind of Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff, I found my community of other creative makers in that time that were also looking for to throw themselves into. So I think on a the positive work angle, I was able to meet people that I maybe wouldn't have met otherwise and mm. chat to them on the internet. And, you know, the event I run, we do Zoom calls in the run-up to make sure the makers are prepared for it. But actually that meant that once a week I was connecting with this incredible group of people who were all creative, all running their own struggles, but all wanted to come together to talk about how they can still make their businesses work. Because a lot of, a lot of little businesses like mine, you know, one of the, I put a thing out on Instagram saying about, what questions people might have for anyone going self-employed. Because I know when I was looking to go for it, I really wanted to ask people questions. So I did a kind of, you know, ask me a question thing. And one of the questions was, do you feel scared of starting your own business in like the you know, biggest economic crash in a long time? And the answer was yes, terrified. But if I didn't do it now, and I went back to my, you know, almost full-time job, I knew that the momentum I built, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to walk away from that. I don't think my, my other job, because I do, enjoy my other job so I would get through it kind of myself thrown into that but yeah that was it's quite interesting I think there's a lot of businesses who have struggled in this period a lot of them have shut down unfortunately to watch like people who were involved in the first super seconds it was called super seconds Saturday original originally in September 2020 a few of them have shut down and that's been quite hard to watch so mm. their businesses haven't survived that the ride of the pandemic so mm. um yeah, that's been quite hard to meet between two people and then see some of them drop off. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, I suppose there's a few things coming out of that, but I think what I'll do is go into the social media question because obviously, I mean, did was that the thing that drove most of your kind of initial growth setting up? You know, like was your focus always going to be through social media to kind of build yourself and your brand? And yeah, so that's that's the first question. So we'll, I'll let you answer that first and then we'll go into the sort of bigger question with it. 
And um, so, yeah, I, uh, I really, I know some people have issues with Instagram and things like that. I really rate it as a, as a tool for, as I said, like finding your community and finding your people that want to connect with you. They definitely kind of grew it through that super seconds angle because I was basically saying to people, come and find these makers who want to sell you things for 75% off. They're all handmade. Mm-hmm. It might just be that they have a thumbprint on the, on the back or um, mm. a slightly cracked candle or something like that. It's, they're not, they're, they're, people say it's barely noticeable. Um, so I did drive a lot of that for people finding me through that. But it's interesting because I'm now doing creative workshops in Leeds, so all over Leeds. And I'm finding that a lot of my audience are on social media, are national, international. And mm. um, so now I've got to put on my thinking cap and think, right, how do I reach people locally? Um, yeah. Because it's all been well shouting about, you know, a workshop, I'm doing screen printing at Seagulls. Someone in London doesn't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm finding that a bit of a challenge now. So that's the kind of flip side of the social media. How do you find local people that mm. through social media? They exist. It's just... You know, tapping into that, so I almost feel like I'm a little bit starting okay with Instagram. Mm. But like I've got this audience, and then it's like, how do I, you know, find other people who like interested in create workshops and what's mm. So yeah, it's kind of it's two different angles. And I also do um, social media for a correction heading with. It's part of my. So one of the things I'm really passionate about is kind of sounds really lame, but like diversifying income streams. So having lots of different things going on to make sure that. If one thing fails, my business doesn't fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do um, a bit of social media for a crutch in Headingley. And whilst they've got, well, they've got quite a few followers, but they've, they're all local. So when you advertise something on there, it's going out to, you know, one and a half thousand local people. Mm. Whereas when I'm doing it on my Instagram, it's going out to people, but they're not all local. So he's actually seeing it. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of interesting, but. I try and make it so that social media isn't just about selling as well. So today I've been doing bit for making, I've been sharing that just because people, you know, showing that creative process sort of thing that's not then just about selling because mm. I don't think people want to, I know I don't, it's sold to all the time. I don't mind, I love seeing people's products, but then like small independent works, but then I want to see behind the scenes and I want to know a bit about them and I want mm-hmm. to see their face occasionally, you know, <laughs> you have to pop up and say hi so I know who I'm buying from. So try and put those principles into my own social media, not just, just, not just get working all the time, but just to, and that makes it more fun for me as well. Like, mm. show my process a bit more, which is what I'm passionate about, like, it's a process. Did you have any issues with sort of being on camera or putting yourself out there in that way? Was it just sort of something that you'd naturally been doing anyway? And it was just like, yeah, I can do this business. I think that because I was doing it as part of my job, so I've been going into schools and delivering workshops and delivering workshops with uh, like training volunteers. I think I've always had to stand up in front of people, but mm-hmm. I used to be really nervous about that. Mm-hmm. And I figured like, at least you've got complete editing rights in your own I did used to get a bit nervous when I used to do lives, because I, I do them now, but um, the part with the super seconds, I did my first live with someone and that was, that was quite nerve wracking, but. I think if you can edit it, yeah, it, you know, you can record it 10 times if you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no, I think I was a bit nervous when I first did it, but I've been doing it for a few years now, so you just have to get used to it. I'm sure you'll yeah. say with a podcast, I bet the first time you did it, you were like, oh, gone. I don't like my sound my own voice, but now you probably have to listen to it. What's the most? Yeah. 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 You get bothered about other things instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's wrong or that mistake or this thing or. 
you know, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to do this different next time. But, you know, at least you have it tonight. So that's, yeah, that works yeah, for you too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of the time that you spend on social media, do you think it gives you, you know, enough value back in return? Does it like really reap rewards for you or is it kind of like hit and miss? I don't know if it's doing anything. It's doing something sometimes. Hit and miss, I think. Mm. Rarely we've ever come across a small business that says, and a creative business anyway, that says, mm. well, yeah, social media, every post I put out, I get returns. But I mean, sort of posts are just for me. So like the one I did today, which was using a liner block to print some fabric just for fun. Like that, you know, that was just for me. I wasn't really putting that out to get return on it. But yeah, I think, uh, but then sometimes they do really well sometimes they don't I think the Instagram gods are either trained to you or they're not and I don't think there's many people who know how to save with them <laughs> so, mm. yeah but I enjoy it as well and I, I try and not spend too much time just kind of mindlessly scrolling but also sometimes I quite like doing that to see what people are up to and mm. I think a huge part of social media for me is like as I said like finding that community of people being inspired by what other people are doing I follow a lot of artists who then I think, oh, that's really cool. Or, oh, I love that they've done, you know, they'd be doing something with flowers. Oh, I might buy a bunch of flowers and do that instead of mm. with my style. And I, I really find those, I don't know if you've seen them, but the kind of Instagram challenges where there's one called March Meet Maker, which is run by Joanne Hawker, which yeah. is brilliant. And it's a, it's a prompt each day in March. And you, and the prompts are, you know, an introduction to you, an introduction to your workspace. Um, All right, yeah, yeah. Right through to um, tools, you know, your home, your you know, your desk, that kind of thing. So then what happens is you go on that hashtag and you can see everybody that's put up their workspace, which I'm particularly interested in because I'm fascinated by other people's creative processes, no matter what they make, I find it really interesting. So so I use Instagram for that as well as an inspiration and I don't just see it as a business tool. It's kind of, there's almost a very fine, dangerous line between doing work on it and doing it for like personal enjoyment because mm. then you just, you know, on it a lot. Mm. <laughs> so, and I try, sometimes I think, oh, well, I'm on it for business. And then I think back and I think, oh, there you were, you were looking at you know, <laughs> pictures of other people's work or whatever. But I don't think that matters either because I think the more you engage with people, the more the platform favors you. So I just say, enjoy it. Mm. Don't think too much about you know, the business side of it. If you enjoy it, yeah. if you find it, painful then you know maybe another marketing tool is better but you know i enjoyed seeing pictures and sharing my own so yeah. yeah do you do it quite kind of instinctively and organically or do you is it quite sort of do you have fully planned out like i'm videoing today i'm gonna do x many posts today i'm gonna do this post then like um i've got two different accounts um so one is my at income bear that's my more of my main one it's where i've been been on Instagram since everybody used those really bad filters. I don't even know when, probably 10, 10, 12 years ago. When it was, it was, you know, people were just putting up pictures of food, yeah. you know, pets. Like I was doing that. But yeah, I think that on Incomber, I just, I, it's quite organic. So today, uh, my little boy was napping. He needs, I do run into those in the nursery, but he was napping. He did with me today and I was, he was napping and I just thought, I've just bought these, I mean, you, they won't be able to see this, but I've just bought these blocks from Hand Printed, which is where I got all my stuff um, for, for liner printing. And it was just staring at me and I thought, I've got to do something with this. So then I just filmed myself doing it. So it wasn't like I was thinking, 
today I'm going to do this and I'm going to film it. Mm. And then I just got really excited that I'd done something with it and I wanted to like share it. So that's a bit more organic. Whereas with Super Seconds Festival, that has its own Instagram and that is fully planned and scheduled because I've got it launches, it's in October. I launch it at the beginning of August. So I've got like two months mm. to get everybody to apply, decide who's going to be taking part. And then, and then I need to get not to take a place like this, but like cancel posts out with everybody on to make sure that every single maker represented and I don't miss anybody off, you know, so it's really fair and everybody gets represented in stories and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's two different, completely different approaches. So my more creative one about workshops and mm. just the creative process in general is very organic. And then yeah, Super Seconds Festival is like super organized. And I even try and do that thing with a grid where you can like one one work grade, one 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 play one to make it look but I think there's merit in both approaches. I prefer the organic one, but mm. you know, if you're running an event like that, I think you've got to really plan it because you've got to make sure that everything gets to see. Yeah. And and have that regularity as well. When you're being, you know, inspired, you're not you're not always inspired at the same time every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've kind of touched on how you got into it. So maybe if, if we kind of want to have a bit of a discussion around you know, you said getting lots of income streams going. So how did you kind of approach that? Did you have, were you like, I'm going to make enough money off this, you know, from doing it one day a week, or did you already have that plan of like, that's not going to be enough. I need something else. Like, how did you build that up? Was it sort of slow step-by-step step, or was it just more throwing stuff at the wall and like, will that hit? Will that work? Like, yeah, there's a little bit of throwing stuff against the wall, but I've mm. got, I've kind of got to a position where it wasn't like I had all the money figured out before I went into actually running it as a business. It was more like I really passionate about it, that I wanted to really make this work and work for myself. So I've been kind of earning enough to really just to survive. And then it's about kind of building from that so I already had Super Seconds Festival and my products and then in my old job I was head of operations for a social enterprise managing events and all the staffing around that so it would be around what money came in and therefore what staffing needed through the year and with that I was kind of I've never really talked about that side of myself on my income bear my creative side because that has always been a bit of escapism from my the, the full-time job that I was doing so it did feel a bit odd to all of a sudden start saying to people, actually, I've got this operations and planning experience that you may not have seen before, but actually that's gone really well. So I've launched something that um, I'm calling the Creative Incubator. And the idea is as a creative business, you can come, actually, it's not just a business, it's just small businesses in general. You can come and spend, it's a two and a half hour session with me where I will be a critical friend, a confidential kind of pop-up colleague that you can bounce your ideas off. Mm. And then I'll, I take them through kind of operations and planning process where we can review ideas against their objectives and, and come out on the other end with a plan mm. of around the kind of next, well, some people want three, six, 12, 24 months. Some people want one, two, five-year plans. Mm. Um, but that's something that I've only launched since I left my other job and thinking, Actually, I've, I really don't want the, that skill set that I have to mm. to die because actually I've worked, I've, I've been doing that for 12, nearly 12 years at that company, but 
six years working in operations for that company. I was thinking, like, how do I use that experience and bring that to life? But it was good, actually. I launched by spots at an introductory price last week, and they all went within, like, a day. So I was like, I was really pleased about that because I didn't know how it was going to land. You know, when I've been doing yeah. this, like, come and do workshops with me, be creative. Like, here's my creative process. And then all of a sudden to go, boom, I also know about operations and planning. Like, yeah. I love a spreadsheet. Like, it kind of, do you know what I mean? It, like, didn't fit with it. So... I was pleased to see them. I would say they're all artists who uh, artists who run their businesses who want sessions to somebody to be mm. that kind of confidential, critical, but in a kind way, first thing we can bounce our ideas off. So that's another income stream at around recently that I ran to prove a bit if the concept worked. So I was doing creative journalist parents, but yeah. I didn't bring her in baby along. Um, cause when I was, when my son was very little, I didn't know, I didn't know where to go, where I could be creative. And mm. there was something for me that was a class for me that I could take him along to. Mm. There's a lot of baby classes, which are brilliant and serve a purpose, but not a lot for the kind of parents who want to be creative just themselves. Mm. Um, anyway, I, I put it on, I thought it would be really popular. I like scraped through getting four people to come and actually they oh. really enjoyed it. And I've got some pictures and testimonials and that kind of thing, but. That was definitely one of those ideas that I just like came up with the idea and went, but I'm just going to try it. Mm. Um, but I think sometimes in that scenario, it's about saying, you know what, even though I'm running that at a loss, that particular event ran at a loss because I had to pay for the venue and refresh mm. those things. Um, actually, that, that can, it proves that concept. Does it work? I think it does. They enjoyed it. Mm. So I'm going to try and do that again. But then I really need to be sensible and think, if it then doesn't work next time, like then I need to think actually that isn't work a good idea. Mm. Um, there's a bit of that from seeing what sticks and learning mm. things that just not, not live for a lot of people, but really enjoying them and, and trying the idea. Did you milk that one for content then, the, the baby one? I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you might find that if it does have legs, you know, if that picks up, that bit of content and then it's like well then that's done the advertising for you beforehand when you run it yeah. again and it's like oh i'm doing that thing and then loads of people come so you never yeah, know so like i was really honest with the you know the, it was all i did it for parents but it was all mums who came which mm. um, i tried to open it out but there's a lot of mums on maternity leave who want to get creative and i was really honest with those the mums who came and said actually i'm i've you know struggled stuff with it i was like do you mind and guest testimonials and when sharing, they said they'd enjoy it. So yeah, I was, I think it's good to be honest with people in that scenario. And actually often people will help you out. So, you know, quite, a, you know, the ones who were involved then shared it on social media to say they'd enjoyed it. So yeah. I think there's a nice thing about being a small business and you can be honest with people and say, actually, I don't yeah. want this to work, but maybe not working quite yet. Yeah. Well, there are other things like a new introduction to screen printing and introduction to line and so People know what that is. It's kind of an established idea. Mm. You know, I can kind of show people. I've got a whole book now full of, I've done lots of them. I've got a whole book full of like samples that I can show people. But yeah, I'm just trying to think kind of creatively about how I get out to people. So by like doing like printing your own um, card stand, I put mm. fairs and doing Seagull's Fair this weekend, um, which will pass by the time the point comes out. But mm. it's, um, I'm doing that. So that's just a way of, um, you know, kind of getting the word out there a bit. But back to what I was saying earlier about the social media side of things not doing everything. Mm. 
you have to think beyond that. But I'm just not, I'm still like in, in pieces of thinking beyond that. Yeah. So uh, I want to get some discussion of your kind of, uh, I mean, obviously you've got quite a strong work ethic. You're obviously doing plenty of stuff and staying very active and are very committed to this project. So are you like work all the hours in the day or are you like, you know, I, I've planned my day. This is what I do. I get up, I do that, you know, and it's very regimented and you got a good distinction between work and life and you've got the whole work-life balance sorted out. No, no. <laughs> no. I think um, when I, I thought to myself, right, I actually had a bit of a word with myself this morning because I am, I'm really interested in what I'm doing and what that means is that when someone approaches me about something, I'm often saying, yes, I'll, I'll do that. Mm. And I need to, I know that I need to take a step back and spend my personal time a bit more. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, it's like a creative business doing kind of art stuff, like trying to ring that's actually like, if I'm doing a piece of art, if I'm doing some painting or like, and then I'm recording that for content, mm. is that work or is that, is that enjoyment? Because mm. I'm not doing it because I'm not selling it. It's not something I'm going to sell. Like I'm not responding to emails, but I'm still doing something. So I'm finding that interesting at the moment, that idea between like, actually, if I'm not, if I'm, when I'm resting, obviously I watch TV and I like to cook, I like to go out, out and see my friends in the pub, that kind of thing. But mm. if I'm, I'm not very good at just sitting and, and doing nothing. So mm. I think I probably need to have a bit more distinction, maybe take up something that's totally unrelated to my business to define that a bit more. But yeah, no, I'm definitely not like, I'll often get to the end of my working day and I'll, you know, pick myself up from nursery and then get home and I'll put him to bed and then I'll be like, I'm just going to pop on and do a couple more, which can soon turn into bleary-eyed going to bed at mm. 11, mm. having worked. You know, I don't know if anyone else gets this, but like can't, you know, then I can't sleep properly because I'm mm. kind of buzzing. Like, yeah, really you're overstimulated. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely need, like, I still love reading and I haven't done that for ages. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely trying to get more into that side of things rather than just my break is eating tea and mm. watching Netflix but yeah. I also think it's hard when you've got a little one to kind of then influence that time for yourself completely. but I do try to on an evening do a little bit of that but no I definitely haven't got the work I felt to sort it out I need to work that out yeah I think but it's fine. rare that people say that they have on that one yeah so uh, then workspace are you working from home? Are you working in the shed? Are you working in a co-working space? Are you working wherever you can? Like, how, how are you working? I have to mix it up or else I get distracted by washing and burn or, you know, that kind of thing around. So <laughs> I do have a space at home, which is, until six months ago, we lived in a two-bedroom house and it was the other bedroom. So <laughs> we were all kind of, I lived there for 10 years, so we were kind of near us on a squeeze in one room, then added my son in that room, and then the other room was my workspace. So we've just moved into a slightly bigger place that needs a lot of work doing, but it does have one nice like dining room that I'd like taken over because mm -hmm. you know, we're not, I don't like, there's three of us, I don't necessarily need dining room and the living room. I mean, some people might, but that's just not, yeah. got a lot of table in the kitchen. So yeah, I work in there. So I do a lot of my kind of creative work in there and it's got, you know, at the moment with boxes around because it's, I've been doing workshops. So when I come back from a workshop, I have a bit of a system that I've got 
you know, journaling, screen printing, line opening. So they're kind of all in separate boxes. And there was one box that has something for each of the, you know, like one like pencils and you have all of them, for example. So I've got like a system in my studio, but I do really like getting out as well. Work. But I've only been like, I've only had, my son's only started nursery work like four weeks ago. So I'm really not, you know, into a rhythm yet. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm really excited on Wednesday. I don't have anything or, or any workshops. So I'm going to, uh, I don't know, I'm going to find some different coffee shops to work for. Hopefully they don't tick me out because I'm really having like two coffees. <laughs> I went down at um, Pretzel Forge. I don't know if you know what down Pretzel Forge. I haven't been down to Coastal Forge yet. I, yeah. yeah. There's a, a fab kind of um, independent cafe inside the building. Mm. It does really nice food, loads of coffee, it's really mm. affordable. And the team there are just, Absolutely love the long go down with my son, but also like we go down and work down there. Mm. Uh, they're just really, really nice team. They'll come up and say hi. Sometimes they do like eight till three there. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a lot, quite a long day of like chain drinking and popping. But yeah, I definitely have to mix it up. I've been eyeing up the library as well. Like I've yeah. got a, um, what is it, the business side center? Yeah, yeah. A space that I'm going to, I'm right going there this week. Yeah, it just looked interesting, and I forgot how big the library was as well. I like because I was away for years, and then I came back, and then like for the last couple of years, when I went into the library, I only ever went around the ground floor. Yeah, and then I went upstairs, and I was like, oh, I forgot it had an upstairs, and it's like you know three or four, three or four floors. Yeah, like God, this is huge. I forgot. Yeah, well, I'm going to go and check it out because my um, my friend shared it and I was like, oh, I know, well, it's free. And yeah. I went, went there for free. So yeah. I'm always trying to find places. Um, I also love Lex Bank, but just in general, I don't know if you think mm. Left Bank, but mm. big fan of Left Bank and Maid. That's a really nice space to work. Mm. You've got a constant supply of great coffee and then like the big open. It's for anyone listening who didn't know, it's the big kind of converted church in Texas Hyde Park, maybe Berlin. Yeah, yeah, probably barely. Um, yeah, Cardigan yeah. Road, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a really, really nice place. So yeah, I'm just constantly trying to find places that you know are nice to work. But I've been there. I went to the Empty Studios at Sunnybank Mills. Yeah, and the studios there are absolute like dream studios. The, mm. Like other makeup that I then created, the jibs that will blow my mind with their work. So I think one day I might venture out of the house. You know, but I've got to get the money right. You know, like we've got to keep my own costs at such a I say a new business. I've been running my business for five years, but running it now is like you know, serious. Like I've got to make this work. Mm. Sure. Have you have you already broken even? Like are you running at a loss? Are you in the profit already? So I broke so I think it's a it was a sign for me actually that I broke I broke even and this year. So it's taken five years of buying stuff, but I've got you know I, Quite like piece of equipment, you know, I've got an experience unit and mm. eight press, they're kind of two, three, four hundred quid a pop, like yeah, yeah. it'll kind of become you know, things that you need to buy and I've got yeah. over there, I've got loads of screens, like it's taking quite a lot to get it set up. But no, this year I looked at my accounts and thought I'm probably about a hundred pounds in pocket overall from like mm. seven work five years ago. So I thought, you know what, I'm starting at zero. That's mm. got to be I think, but I think like that's the thing that I probably didn't anticipate when I started it as a side hustle, so people call it five years ago, <laughs> yeah. is that I didn't realize just how long it would take to, to get everything set up and then to bring them to make that all work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it has taken me five years. Running it alongside a full-time job 
Mm. Yeah. So what like has it always felt good doing it or is did it only kind of start to feel good when you're kind of like, oh yeah, it's now starting to feel like a success? Like are you are you even at that point yet or are you like, no, I need to hit all these other goalposts before I feel um, that it's actually successful? I have always enjoyed it. So for the first few years it was about printing and going to mm. first to sell my work and anyone who sold their work will tell you there's nothing quite like the buzz, especially for the first few years where people want to put your artwork on the walls, which is mm. like, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, you know, the first story you do, like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, of course you can buy it, but you sure. But yeah, so and, you know, that's recently in lockdown fabric, which is actually how I ended up doing the second thing because I'd printed so many fabric t shirts, I've printed so many t shirts long that have this like massive pile of t shirts. I was like, mm. what do you these? They've all got like, you know, some of them had a bit of ink just to the back on a tiny bit of spot, which you'd never notice, but mm. I couldn't sell it full price. So I'm so I've always enjoyed I've always enjoyed using it as an excuse to experiment. But I think I was saying to the ladies who were doing the journaling course in there, I feel like doing things like the journaling course and scrapbooking thing, it always brings together all the reasons that I've ever rewarded paper and equipment. You know, my I mentioned my mum earlier on being a French school teacher, she was retired and she's She's got like 20 pairs of scissors that she's not fasted with yet. And that kind of yeah. thing. So I feel like everything that I've been doing until this point has kind of led to this. Really? I, I did business management at university and I never really understood like why I'd done that. Like, cause I really didn't enjoy it. Mm. Um, and I had a moment in the day where I thought, actually, like I'm really my business now. Maybe, and I'm really interested in, as I said, like this creative incubate a thing where I help other businesses think in their business plans and diversify their own things. And I just thought, you know what, I am interested in business. Mm. I was interested in small business rather mm. than like, I was at Leeds Business School and it's all about corporate businesses, international strategic business, mm. you know, mm. kind of massive multinational conglomerates. And I wasn't interested in that. And mm. that's why I went into social enterprise thinking, I'm going to use this training and try and do something. Good, good, yeah. good with it and actually it's taken me i'm 35 it's taken me to this point to go all these things have led to this point mm. um so yeah that was a long way of saying yes i have always enjoyed it but the way it felt like the when it felt like this i guess what you're saying about success is it felt like a success when i'd done the second super secondist festival because that was that mm. was financial i've been to them don't get me wrong it's not gonna it's not gonna pay all the bills and that kind of thing no but yeah, yeah. yeah. it wasn't like before i was getting like a steve 100 quid at there yeah. you know yeah. which was never gonna be enough to quit my job yeah. um, so it's kind of like when it moves from in your head to being like oh this is possible to oh this is viable yeah definitely and i think i'm definitely at that point now where i'm going this is viable if i meet you know, you mentioned goals, like this is mm. viable if I carry on going. Yeah, if I do X, Y, Z, I don't get I wouldn't say right now, it's not like I'm starting to go, yeah, this is really viable. But yeah. it's, it will be, but I've only been doing it, as I said, my son's only been, I've been doing it while I'm attempting but he's been with me full time until I'm in So, yeah. mm. um, and you know, it's all children, they, it doesn't need to sleep for a lot. <laughs> no, yes, they yeah. take up a lot of time. <laughs> so, um, so, and so, money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so really when I'm thinking about, you know, what was that success look like? I think it was when in, in February 2021, when was the, the first two second Saturday I did free. The second one I charged off with a bottle. Not enough because I was still testing the water, so I only charged people like 
think it was like seven pounds a head or something. It was like not enough. Um, and everyone actually said back really kindly said back afterwards and was like, that wasn't enough. Mm. I know, but you've got to start somewhere. And sometimes it's a confidence thing, like some well. But yeah, I think that was when I really started thinking, oh, yeah, okay, it's the thing. It's to be viable. And then when I quit my own job and then started thinking about what skills I'd use in that job, in this one, then I was thinking, oh, okay, yeah, this, I'm piecing this together in a way that feels really organic and I'm enjoying it. And, mm. Yes. And I'm still doing some work for my old employer as a consultant because we've still got a really good relationship and still really enjoy mm. the work because they're helping support young people across needs in kind of areas of deprivation with employability skills and kind of mm. work through placements mm. and apprenticeship yeah. and careers events and that kind of thing. So that work's still really important, but so I'm still doing that, but I've, I, you know, I've put like limits around what I said, I only want to do that two to four days a month yeah. so that then I still have time to work on my own thing and that doesn't get like swallowed up by something that I care about but just not as much as my own thing mm. that makes sense. yeah yeah I know it does right so I've got something that I'm going to mention to you here and we'll stick a pin in it but you know if we get time we'll we'll maybe come back to it but as we've been okay. talking so I've been kind of thinking about you know that kind of the you know, business versus creativity kind of dichotomy of like, oh, you know, they're opposed and artists being like, oh, no, I'm not good at the business side and I'm not interested in that. And then, you know, you come in from that business side and sort of like you've got the experience of that and then you 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 want to bring the art and the business together. Well, smash. I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, as we move into a future where more people are kind of doing art, and creative work. Is it going to be people who have the business experience that become the successful artists because they have that business experience? And then I'm also thinking about, you know, what the network of that is. I mean, are we going to end up with an economy where we're all just selling each other our homemade goods? But I, I want to, I don't want to go into this now because I want to crack on with the other questions, but if we get time, I might come back to it later. Okay. Um, Do you want to answer it really quickly? If you've got a short, yeah, I mean, I've yeah, go ahead. Answer. Yeah, yeah well, I can expand on it, but I think that I do think the business side of things is really important, and I do come across a lot of artists and say I can't do the business side. I don't believe that. I think you just need the right tools. So this is not a sales pitch at all because I don't do any work on. But I use QuickBooks, and it's really, really easy. So I think it's about them having the right tools, but also like I don't think you can kind of put. I don't, I don't think you can put a price on art like that like sometimes you can see something that you think is absolutely amazing like a printmaker's work that person might not have any kind of not any they may not stay may not feel that they, they have business acumen but actually like their work's incredible and they'll do really well so i do think that i'm seeing the benefit of having both sides but like i'm actually scaling back on my products so i'm not going to be offering products as much these days because there's people out there doing amazing and I think my skills better. I love people where I get my mm. buzz from. So I think if your work is good and you are a good artist, then I think you will do well. But, it, mm. but yeah, and also I really believe that people should be shopping small. Please be quite interesting. So mm. I think, yeah, like, let's, let's buy things from each other instead of the big, big ones. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think like, you know, one of the things you touched on there is kind of being able to identify where your strengths are, mm. where, you, where your skills are. It's like... Okay, 
I have this and this. So I have these two together in this area. So that makes me very strong in this particular area because I have this additional thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I will crack on slightly. So we've done how you got into it. So I'll do the change question now. So if there were three, th you, so you can change any three things about your work, whatever you want to change, like carp, they can be, you know, completely ridiculous or normal or any, it doesn't have to be three. So if you could change any three things about your work today, what would you change? Okay, so I've kind of already mentioned it, but really enjoyed other people it's as I said it's like where I get my buzz so I think I would want to be in like a joint studio space I think if I could like change my way of working slightly but I also really like to chat to people so I feel like being locked away sometimes is good for me to get mm -hmm. stuff done but yeah I get incredibly inspired by going into a place like Sunny Bank Mountains I think that would be a way that I would change the way that I worked mm -hmm. uh, I think I really want to ring fence some more creative time um, for me so I can often get like a full day and just doing emails and all of a sudden like when I'm doing the big festival that I run like that can be like a six weeks of just like a long slog of just email 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 website everything you know that kind of thing and putting the password together and I really want to ring fence some time so I went down to London last week and I just did um, I was going down for my to for some client work with my old employer and I thought, right, I'll stop over the night and just have a night to myself. And that was amazing. I went to, I went to the summer exhibition at the Royal Academy. Like I felt buzzing after that. Came back, wanted to print some fabric today because I'd seen something there that inspired me. So I think like I really need to put the brakes on sometimes myself and then you have to build in that creative time as a creative business yourself. Because mm. otherwise you're just going to get lost in like answering emails, mm. which then like does that lead to a bit of the, the reason you didn't the first place. Mm. So I can already see myself getting a bit trapped in like being in that work mode. And I think mm. actually I need to acknowledge that that creative time is work as well. As a creative business and as someone delivering workshops, I need to be inspired or else how am I supposed to teach other people? To mm. Do you schedule your time quite ruthlessly as someone who's done kind of planning and stuff? Or are you just kind of, uh, I will generally hope that I do these things between these hours. Um, yeah, I'm pretty ruthless. I have like a, a, a plan that I want to, what I want, I want to achieve every day, like a list in which order I'm going to do it in. So would you do that kind of end of the day or have you got your week scheduled out of like this, you know, that's I've got my, so I'm looking at it at the moment, I've got like a week, yeah, a week scheduled out and then I've already started on next week. But things slip, like don't get me wrong, I'm yeah, like yeah. those things. Yeah. That's why I put them in order, so like this has to get done today. And yeah. it's like, yeah, nice to get done. So, mm. yeah. I'm going to be running them online. Another thing, like, because I'm doing some workshops, I want to ask for other creatives who want to run workshops. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've, like, put that out into the world that I want to do that, and now I actually have to plan it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to, like, sit down and do that properly. So, yeah, but no, I do I do plan it quite intimately, but it's kind of my background. Mm. Yeah. what I advise other people to do, so. <laughs> is, is that the most fun bit, the planning? <laughs> I do kind of in like <laughs> yeah, I, do. I, do. I mean there's definitely something in there you know that whole you know people who love stationary thing oh yeah like having the labels and stuff like there's there's something there's there's something in there that i can find at some point during this process i think oh yeah look this is my draw i'm, I'm super cool to see but i've got like a label made stickers i've got a stapler like my drawing in front of me has like, everything i need yeah <laughs> No, I'm one of those sexually lovers. I do. 
yeah. <laughs> you'll find us. We yeah, we tend to um, yeah, <laughs> they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Offices are perfect for them. <laughs> yeah. I also think a lot of creative businesses, like particularly people who maybe do quite a bit of work at their desk or like doing makeup, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think they have a lot of sessions of nursing. Anywhere where you have to label all the drawers, three inch screws, four inch screws. Uh, okay, so we will go, uh, I'll save UBI for the end because it'll be a happier question. So we'll go into Brexit. So yeah, so now that we've left the uh, EU, now that we have Brexited, has that changed your work at all? I mean, obviously difficult considering when you set up and like how things have been going, but I mean, has, has it changed anything noticeably for you work-wise? I think because... To this point, I've only been like selling prints and things. I, I mean, it's wrong fact to be on a personal level. I was absolutely heartbroken when the decision was made. So, and I still am. Like, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still angry with that. But I think for me, on a per, on a business level, I was only really ever selling kind of prints and stuff. So I don't really post so much to Europe anymore. And the biggest impact on me on the Twitter and festival that I run when I very first ran, I got quite like, a few European makers. And even some makers from I maker of in lots in Tokyo and when everything kind of went through and you know, it's any any small businesses or something close to Europe, it could fit in a bit of a, a nightmare in terms of whether things get through or not, whether they get sent back, whether mm. you know, just all of that. So I did have a quite a few makers, probably ooh, I mean fifteen out of the two hundred and fifty that were involved, which doesn't sound like a lot of 250, but it just added a really nice element to it. Like I had a, the Mindful Potter who was based in, in, in Greece. I've got Annie's Fingers who are based in Spain. She stuck with me, which is great. She's fantastic. But I think there are some real decisions for those makers as to whether they do post to, to the UK. So actually, it's already point in doing an event where there's many UK buyers involved. And mm. a lot of the makers said back to me that they only had buyers from the UK, which meant that it was locking off the whole European and even US market for them. Yeah. When I ran that first one in September 2020, before everything, I know because it was in motion, but before everything kind of like absolutely nailed on, decisions around posting and things like that. That meant that those makers and buyers just couldn't engage again. So, yeah, that's kind of how it's affected it. But that's more affected the makers who are involved in the thing that I'm planning. But I feel that through them because we have like a Facebook group where we're talking about things. In the two months in the runner, up, we as I said earlier, we do like Zoom calls hmm. uh, to support each other to get ready for that event. And you know, there's been, been quite a lot of talk about the impact of Brexit hmm. from a small independent business selling products point of view. Yeah, it's interesting when like the creative incubator thing that I'm doing. I've got one in a couple of time with a, a maker in Norway, so and that's on, on Zoom, so kind of doesn't affect that side of things. It's really. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a weird one because it kind of has fallen off. It seems to have fallen off the business kind of media agenda, mm. if that makes sense. So it's like, it, it's still kind of discussed on the news or in news as like, oh, Brexit, still a thing that things are ongoing with. But, you know, there were occasional kind of what should business do about Brexit and what does Brexit mean for business and stuff. Yeah. You don't see any of that now. Like, well, I don't, I don't see any of that sort of coming across my radar, but I just think that's kind of strange because now should be the time of like, 
okay, so Brexit's affected us in this way. So here's, you know, here's our pivot or whatever, or here's what we're going to do, or here's how we're going to make up that lost revenue. And I'm not, I, 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 I would expect to see more of that kind of media and discourse. And I, I'm surprised that it's not there. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. It's not come across my mind radar either. I think there's, you know, the, the community I've got all these, we're all, you know, a lot of us are woman, one black man, one woman bounce. Mm. So in terms of, you know, coordinating an effort to respond to it, it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm part of a community called Indie which is a really good community. And the lady who runs that, Leona, does kind of try and get people together to talk about things like that too. Yeah. what we're going to do about it but even you know and that's helpful definitely as a, a maker in that community that's helpful but yeah it's hard to know what to what to do and but especially with me like on a personal level moving away from kind of products yeah. in that that same way my consideration more around how does it affect the makers therefore you know the events i run how does it affect one mm. yeah and i suppose because it's kind of i mean this is pure speculation but like you know because it's kind of been toxified for want of a better expression you know it's like people are loath to discuss it because there's the potential for it to kick off interruptions so, yeah. so it's kind of like yeah, well we'll have to ignore that and do something else what was the other thing i was going to say to you on that uh oh yeah uh like supply wise did you have any issues with supplies or prices or I haven't actually, but bearing in mind that I was doing it kind of alongside a full-time job, so really the output that I had was, I was literally doing like, you know, I don't know, four or five stalls a year, like, mm. and selling online, it wasn't, it wasn't huge before. Mm. So in a way, it's hard to know what's been disrupting things. Is it COVID? Is it Brexit? And mm. you know, the, even the kind of, I guess the, the start of my business getting serious was right in the middle of all of that. The pandemic kind of did all the time to put time and the idea for the festival that I run, like that came from lockdown. So it's kind of been hard to know which is which and what's been affected. And yeah, but I haven't noticed anything huge, but these days because I'm doing workshops, it's not about having huge amounts of things. It's like I've got you know, paper and paints. Mm equipment and stuff but once i've bought the equipment that then is then there mm. it's in terms of the price of paper though it's because you've got to pay it like it's yeah. mm. but without going back to my figures it's not something that i'm going oh damn it the price of paper and cards really increased <laughs> but like i mean i probably has yeah you're not you're not at that point of like petrol process for paper yet right like, no stop this madness with paper yeah exactly how do you realize no i'm not there yet so i'm kind of you know um and I use yeah, some really kind of good supplier that I tend to buy in bulk when I buy from them. Yeah. So no, I'm basis. It's not something I'm, I, they probably have but if I went through the figures and went through my spreadsheets mm. and my QuickBooks and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's not something that I'm angry about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe if you did that, you might be like, how much? Exactly. Like, you know, I'll make myself upset. It would have taken two hours to get this up upset. <laughs> I'll just assume it's fine. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, great segue here from you know, paper, expensive paper into climate change. So yeah, a bit hot tonight. I'm sitting here sweating in the 
in this building. What can you do with your work or in your work with regards to climate change and adapting to it, mitigating it, or I guess even promoting awareness around it? Like, can you do anything? Is that part of your consideration within the business or is that something that it's like, I can't worry about that. I've got to worry about, you know, making money. I think we all have to worry about it. I think it's hard to, yeah, I think everybody needs to worry about it. Look, you come at it from different angles. Obviously, it's a small business. I'm not, um, kind of, I try and do things in my own kind of small way. So with all my products, I only put onto a garlic cotton t-shirts. Like I've just, just, I just thought to myself, and with like my inks and stuff, they're all water-based inks. I don't use any kind of nasty inks for liner that inks. You can get some then local looking things, but like, with the, I do take it into consideration because, for example, someone's asked me if I can do a t-shirt printing workshop. And today a small thing, but I can fit for those straight it. Someone's asked me if I can do a t-shirt printing workshop. Now, you can get t-shirts that are really low quality for like a pound for a blank t-shirt. Mm. Mm. You know, mine are more like seven, eight pounds just for the blank. Never mind then having to put in the artwork on the top and then screen printing it and then, you know, do all the things you need to do and come up with the artwork. So... But I print on the t-shirt and I've been doing it for years. So I only rarely get seconds. And if I do get seconds, they go into a super second scale. So I'm not wasting anything. But when you're teaching screen printing for the first time, it does get messy. People need to practice. But I can't bring myself to, I'm not, I refuse to buy the pound t-shirts for people to practice on because they're just going to go in the bin or they're mm. just going to go, they're going to shrink and then people aren't going to wear them and they're, they're just contributing to fast fashion. So I've, I'm thinking the only way that I can do that workshop is by charging the amount in t-shirts. And actually, we only get to print maybe two t-shirts each, but I still buy the ones that I buy, which are the other Arkansas ones. Yeah. So that's kind of a very small illustration, like how I consider it just in my everyday decisions about what yeah. workshops I'm learning, not just about, like, yeah, of course I'll do that because I can get some money and I'll just buy some cheap t-shirts out in the world. Because mm. nobody needs more cheap t-shirts in the world. But mm. like, we've got enough for it. And then I think... Really, the whole point of Super Seconds is it's to help makers to it's to give people discounted goods and it's to help makers to make a bit of money, but it's to stop those things going into into the bin. Like a lot mm. of those makers would have just chucked that candle that was cracked or whatever, like into the bin. Mm. So it's to you know, there's a definitely a kind of wrangle there around lowering waste and not just you know, two hundred makers just getting rid of their stuff or. Okay. Particularly in lockdown when you didn't have stalls, because people often sell them on like a cheap corner on their stall, yeah. like get these things discounted for. So there's that angle as well. But I think it does, as someone who's conscious, environmentally conscious myself, you know, I, the money, but also the environment side of things, for example, like we don't have two bars between us. So yeah. that's a pain when I have to get to a workshop. <laughs> I often have to go and go to transport. Like, with all that stuff attached to a big thing that I rig up with bungee ropes to travel with it, you know. Well, yeah, that's, you know, we don't have that. So someone who's kind of personally conscious, I do try and bring those decisions into my business as well. But whilst being conscious that I'm this tiny one woman band. I mean, just... That's question. Yeah, I mean, I've... Uh, so, I, I, I'm going back, I'm thinking back here to, like, when I was a kid and getting on the bus with my mum and, you know, she'd have both of us and she'd have the pram and, you know, fold the pram up and, and carry you both onto the bus and stuff. And you saying there about sort of traveling with public transport. I mean, 
from a work perspective, as like a new mom and in, and and an entrepreneur, like and someone who's trying to be, I suppose, environmentally conscious, like. What I'm trying to get at here is like, what, what would you be your kind of perfect transport solution in that kind of scenario? Would it be like, you know, just a nice big cargo bike or like a door-to-door bus service or an electric car? Like what would, from your point of view, what yeah, would they have going to? I haven't really thought about it because I'm so used to using Like I've never had, I've, I've let's drive 10 years ago, but I've never had my own car. Like, you just share, you just share yeah. your car with my people. It works, it works out in the stick. So, it's not something I will really consider that much. Like, I just get on with it. Like, mm. I always take my, ever since my son was like a few weeks old, like, we're just shoving in the sling or found it's got on the bus. So, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I mean, the, the idea, because I do, I, I live in Warsaw, I do a lot of workshops in Warsaw, <laughs> and I go there with my thing. So, like, you know, Horsford Brewery, um, Chewing Spring Cafe, Cafe Yoga, like these are all places that I use regularly for workshops. So mm. there is something about staying local. You know, Horsford's got good transport. So a lot of people come on the train to the two train stations here. Mm. Um, but yeah, I use public transport regularly. So yeah, it's not, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it is about magic, magic thing of the car for me. Often what I try and do is, yeah, have the workshops, like think about where the workshops are positioned before I book it to see how we get it yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so well, like, that's your planning coming in again, isn't it? Of like, oh, yeah. well, logistics. <laughs> yeah, I've got to think about how I get there. So, um, and I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, like, and that car, you know, I do use the car, like, it gets at a time and it's on the drive. Like, I do, I'm, I'm using the car there. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm going to try to drive all my stuff because sometimes I can't. Like, mm. I've got the screen printing, I've got these massive plastic tables that you have to screw winch clamps into, which are these big metal clamps that you literally screw into the table and nobody wants to do that on the tables but mm. I just take my tables with me and that 100% requires a car so but yeah I mean you know, if money was an object I think an electric car would be nice but it is an object so public transport is good for that yeah yeah because a lot of people have kind of mentioned sort of how nice it would be to have like an you know like an electric van or electric vehicle or something that they they had access to that they could kind of use at a, I suppose at a cheap enough rate or someone that was, you know, a great, great green taxi service, but they were kind of couriers. That oh, if you could price it at the right rate and everybody knew them, it'd be like, they would be so busy. Oh God, yeah. are you, are you um, getting all your guests to like, you've been stayed up for this. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, obviously something like that. Really. <laughs> yeah. Or even a car that you could like hire just, you know, for the day. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I suppose that would probably be my thing. Yeah, like if you electric car that you, I didn't actually have to hold. Yeah. Just, I'm someone who's always got on the bus, always got on the train, bus, been to work every day. Mm. It's never one. So a, a car that I could use very, very infrequently just to do my interior. Mm. Right. Mm. <laughs> Setting yeah. it up. Right? <laughs> I've, got, I've got enough with this. I'm struggling with this, you know. But maybe, maybe if I start making money off this and I've got some free time, I'll invest in something. So if there was a universal basic income, you were being paid sort of enough to live each month or have your, your basic needs met each month, would you still be working? If you'd still be working, would you be doing what you're doing now or would you be doing something else? And if you'd still be doing what you're doing now, how do you think it would change it? Would you 
Like, you know, would your focus shift? Would you be doing less hours? Would you spread it out more or arrange it in a different way? So yeah, how would, how would a UBI change things for you? So I would definitely somebody doing what I'm doing. So I've really just, I've really just changed, mm. you know, really my whole life to, to be able to do this. And I've been dreaming of doing it for years. So yeah, I think that would, um, I'd definitely still be doing this. And in terms of changing the way that I do things, I think that there is something about having to earn money gives you a laser focus that maybe wasn't there before. So like when I had my full-time job and then this was like not something that needed to give me the money, mm-hmm. it, it did, it did change it when I had to go full-time. When I, I, when I went full-time, it did change it when I had to earn the money. Mm-hmm. Um, but equally everything I'm doing, I'm doing because I want to do it because I'm passionate about it. So. I don't know if it would change it. And I definitely, part of your question, I definitely still work because, you know, as we said earlier, I'm a little bit workaholic. I need to change that. I need to build in more rest time. But the risk of, you know, I don't want to burn out in a few months, a few years' time because I've just been racing at it so hard. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it wouldn't necessarily, I think it would, I, I'd be naive to say if it wouldn't change the way that I work. Is it, is it work or is it play? You know, what you're doing, like, what what are the work bits? Because you're working in a creative area, and obviously you're you're kind of passionate about this and, and what you are doing, and you put a lot of time into it, a lot of hours into it, a lot of yourself into it. Is it is it toil and labour, or is it like having fun? I mean, like, is it the fact that you got to earn the money because you got to have money coming in that makes it the labour, or like, how does it feel? Like, what what do you think is the work and what's the play? Is it, or are they both together? I think they're both together. And that kind of rounds off the kind of Instagram thing I was talking about earlier on, like that idea of like, yeah, I'm posting on it to fill my business, but I'm also mm. enjoying it. So I think it's the same, like, you know, being able to say this is definitely work. I mean, admittedly, when it's three days before the two big events, I run, I run it twice a year, the big event I run. When it's three days before and I've got, you know, 20 makers asking me to change the catalogue, because they've sent me the wrong link or they, they want a new photo or whatever. That feels like work when I'm yeah. there at 10 o'clock at night. Well, I really wish I could wait to sleep, but I've got to do that to the event in three days' time. Yeah. So I think there definitely are times when it does feel like work. But I think on the whole, like, I just, I'm enjoying myself. But I'm also aware that I'm new to it. Like, you know, almost, let's, you know, ask me again in three years' time. There'll be a lot of people who, you know, there might be people listening to this and, what I did five years ago and back in oh, honeymoon period, which I'm aware it is. You know, <laughs> at the moment, I am on a work honeymoon. It's, um, I'm really enjoying it and mm. enjoying coming up with new ideas, enjoying putting them out into the world and getting feedback. Even if that feedback is sometimes people that there's not as many people side of as I want, I'm still enjoying it. And, mm. you know, I did a workshop yesterday at, um, up in Otley at in Pottery and it was really good fun. I had like 11 other old ladies just happened to be. I saw 11 ladies who created all different designs and I was just absolutely inspired by what they made. I was going around seeing everything that they made. And that doesn't feel like work when I was running the workshop where other people are learning something. My absolute favorite thing is when people say, oh, me, I'm not creative. I can't do it. I've been dragged along to this, which I get at least once a workshop, but I kind of see that I'm getting chunked. Like they always come away with something that they're proud of. So, you know, that doesn't feel like work. I'm just, I'm helping people to get creative and I love that. So, but yeah, as I said, I mean, let me read this. So talk to me in videos and we'll see. I'll be, I'll be like, no, not more we had shots. <laughs> I never want to do one again. But yeah, I'm very conscious of that as well. <laughs>
cool. Right. So I think that was a lovely ending to that, but we've still got plenty of time left. So you've not got to dash off anywhere yet, have you? No, no, no. Right. Okay. Uh, right. So do you want to go through the socials, just hand out, you know, where can people find you and follow you and buy all your things? <laughs> so I, um, my website is, uh, then you find all the workshops that I'm going to be doing. I am, um, as we talked about quite the progress, I've got most of my workshops for now on Christmas on there. So you can see it in Christmas Eve. I know it's hard to think about on literally the lots of me, but um, yeah, that's my website. I've talked a lot about the festival that I run. That's an online festival, although watch this space lead because I am thinking of running one in person in Leeds as well, where you've been able to um, well get early access. I'm thinking like it's going to feel like a bit of a car boot, but with uh, for people set up with their second distance and end of line stuff at this kind of process. So you've got to get in there fastest person first. I'm thinking of anyone I didn't read, but that is at Super Seconds Festival, but for the weekend. And the next one is on the 1st and 2nd of October and 2022. I'm aware that will age this. <laughs> but <laughs> I do tend to run it in um, March and October each year, so be looking out for that. And I'm over on Instagram at Sinkenbear and also at Super Seconds Festival. And we'll work get too much into Facebook because they delete my whole presence, but then um, can tell me why. And then so I have two Facebook accounts, that's your area. One of them is at Inkabear, which is no longer active because I can't get access to it. And one of them is at Inkabear 1, which is where I do actually hang out and share things. So yeah, that's a bit complicated, but we shall get into Facebook and why it's done that. Because <laughs> I don't know, it's just really frustrating. The bastards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, I do post things on Facebook as well. And yeah, I'm not on Twitter. So there are kind of the main places I'm on my Instagram and Facebook. Quite a visual thing that I do. So I tend to stick to Instagram, no, yeah. share a lot of processes and behind the scenes and that kind of thing. Are you going to go link? Are you going to go LinkedIn? Because so you know, yeah. In my previous, well, previous slash code blog, I'm still doing some consultancy work for my company. So yeah, I'm ready. I am on LinkedIn as Sophie Greenwood. So yeah, by all means, direct me on there. I'm definitely going to be looking into how I can use that. But yeah, I think more and more creative type businesses are starting to move on to there because they've realised that it's like you know it's becoming more of a social media site. And... Yeah, and like I'm part of a network called She Can Shine, which if there's any female entrepreneurs in needs listening, it's run by and. Um, Sharing and I think that works from there. If I've got that wrong, not sure. And uh, that's a network that I only access through LinkedIn. So there are some things that I go through LinkedIn for. That's a thing that you can sign up for for free to get some business support and you go through a program with them around financial planning, social media, and marketing and things. So, but they're only on LinkedIn, so I have to use it for things like that. Thank you again to Sophie for being my guest. Thanks again to all my guests and thanks to you, Leeds, for being my subject. And of course, most of all, thanks to you, my dear listener. Come back on Monday to hear me talk to Peter Spafford from Chapel FM. You can follow this show on Twitter at Working Hours 3 and on Instagram at Working Hours Pod Leads. Use the hashtag Working Hours Pod Leads to stay up to date on when new episodes are being released, to DM me with your questions, or most importantly, to get in touch if you'd like to be my guest on this show. Please do chuck in anything you can to help the show grow. Go to ko 
patreon.com forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month or you can make a one-off donation of whatever amount. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to support working hours again from as little as a pound a month. Why not be super awesome and join both? Do something new and something different. Remember to like, share, follow and subscribe to working hours. That's me. Cheers, ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other, leads. Working Hours is produced, recorded, edited and published by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org. Please like Western Studios Leeds on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore Leeds and on LinkedIn linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios leads are you considering taking the plunge into podcasts or audio content then think western studios for support advice and guidance on getting it made at western studios you work with a real life learner who is actually in leads not a piece of software not a course of articles or a series of live chats and video courses but me a person in physical place-based reality. If you want to work with me to make your podcast or any digital audio content in Leeds, whether it's for your own cause, your publicity campaigns, to promote your products, increase your sales, or just to create your own passion projects, then get in touch with me, Western Studios, now. Don't wade through vapid articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts by disembodied virtual people on the web. Get on with making your podcast now, and then when it gets hard and expensive and it all goes wrong, which it will, then call Western Studios to make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios will take on your podcast boring, time-consuming and painful admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. Tell me about your podcasting pain points and I can make it all better for you. I feel your pain. For a charge, I will share it. Remember, podcast work is work. Leeds businesses, Leeds campaigns, Leeds brands. Got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but don't know where to start? Contact Western Studios at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. £25 an hour after that for editing, recording, production. I can also arrange hefty discounts for the right projects. So tell me your idea and your budget and I'll tell you what I can do for you. What do you have to lose? Time, that's what. Time is running out. The best time to make a podcast was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Writers in Yorkshire, what are you doing with your lives? Hopefully you're writing. Well, I know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content that is about and for and has been made in Leeds. How do I know this? Because I'm one of them loiners what wants it. Help me make your old screenplays, unpublished novels, unperformed plays, stories, poems and performances. Whatever you got, baby. And make it as podcast content. Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. Is it unfinished? Good. I can help you with that too. I can work with you to find actors, musicians and voiceover artists and quickly realise your projects. I get practice making the shows and you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Save yourself the hassle and the headache of making your podcasts on your own by working with me instead.